This is Illini guy Mike Kegley welcoming you to another Eye on the Illini. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about Io signing a contract with the Bulls. Three years, $21 million. So congratulations to a guy who is on my fighting Illini, Mount Rushmore. And I'm an old guy, so that actually means something. We'll have, you know, we'll also talk a little bit about the Illini men's team and what's going on in practice right now. So sit back. We'll get uh, Kedrick Prince and Matt Stevens in the studio here, and we will go ahead and talk all things Illini. We'll be right back in a minute. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys Radio Network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. And as promised, this is Mike Kegley of the Illini Guys, and I am here with Kedrick Prince, the director of recruiting for the Illini guys and Matt Stevens, who is the Illini guys staff writer, which means he has to cover about 900 sports. Um, Matt, there was uh, the news that came out that uh, IO has signed a three-year deal with the Bulls. Can you give us some reporting on that and uh, give folks a little bit of an idea about what this, this kind of means for uh, the Bulls and for uh, IO? Yeah, we had a Woj bomb this afternoon, which was that the, the Bulls are, are uh, going to sign Io to a three-year contract extension, which means here's what essentially it means in terms of the nuts and bolts of the contract. Io was a restricted free agent this summer, and I know that he and his representation were trying to get a multi-year deal from somebody. Now, I think a lot of people thought when the Bulls signed um, you know, some players and this off season, including, you know, J Jalen Carter, um, they, there was a thought that Io was and his agent were, were going out and maybe getting an offer sheet that then the bulls were going, according to the collective bargaining agreement, the bulls could then match that offer sheet that was signed by any team, which immediately makes him a bull for however, however long and however much the offer sheet said, or they could bring him back at a one-year deal for $5 million. And that was always on the table. I just don't think Io and his representation wanted that at all. And I don't blame them. This deal is very interesting because it, it, I just mentioned, you know, Javon Carter, who the Bulls signed earlier this summer. It's essentially the same deal. Uh, Javon Carter got the mid-level exception in the, in the NBA, which was a three-year $19.5 million deal. Io gets a three-year $21 million deal. So, um, the 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 long and the short of this is is that you know Io is on to his second contract now as a professional basketball player, which if you're picked in the second round is some is something of a pretty good pretty darn good feat. Um, and then now it becomes about you know Io trying to find minutes and find a role on this Bulls team that has a rotation now of about ten guys. Um, now Billy will play ten guys during the season, but he will not play ten guys in the you know, crux of the season and in the playoffs. So I was going to have to fight for minutes. The last part of this analysis that I've, that I've figured out is, or that I've gone through and at least 
figured out for myself is I don't think this contract happens if the Bulls don't get the ten and a half million dollar exception for Lonzo Ball, um, which essentially means the Bulls were granted ten and a half million dollars under the salary cap to go get to go sign a player because Lonzo Ball, like in all likelihood, is not going to play this season, and there are reports he might not play basketball ever again. So with his degenerative knee situation, so the Bulls have got to figure out how do IO fits in this upcoming season and over the next two or three years of this contract, I will say that I think the deal becomes very, very tradable financially. If the bulls want to free up some cap space um, and maybe go after a player. Um, but from, for, as of J July 21st and this afternoon, IO is still with his hometown team and, and uh, has a second contract in the national basketball association, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that's that is a good deal, and and everybody, I will tell you, there's probably not many players that are as likable as Io is. So, uh, Illini fans are certainly happy, uh, especially people you know like myself. You know, I got Io on my uh, Illini fighting Illini basketball Mount Rushmore. Um, the guy who made it cool to come back in this era again. Uh, Ked, you've got some thoughts on this contract. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're looking and what you're thinking about? Well, first of all, I'm I'm really happy for Io and his family, and and the University of Illinois. It's a great situation, you know, for Coach Brad Underwood to say, "Hey, you know what? I coached a first team All American, a All Big Ten guy, a guy who earned a second contract, a guy who was drafted, uh, who's a millionaire." I think all those things are great, and I really mean that. I'm really happy for Io because he is a great person. He's a good kid. Uh, I'm a Bulls fan. Um, to be honest with you, I was surprised they signed him. I'm disappointed from a personal standpoint. This is personal. So in a professional opinion, I wish he would have went somewhere else. I'm just not a fan of how Chicago used him. Matt is 1,000% right. I mean, he's got to fight for minutes. You know, you're playing, you're paying a guy money, and I want to see Io stick in the league. I want to see him have a long-term, a, a long, a long career, a ten-year career, if possible. And I think playing for Chicago with the players they have, you, you know, Matt mentioned a, a ten-man rotation. I don't like the fact because one minute you can be a starter, and the next two weeks you can sit for two or three games and play three minutes. Um, I really dislike the fact of how they used him for the last two years, even though his rookie year appeared to be more attractive. And here's what I mean by that. He played with some great players, with, you know, DeRozan and LaRusso. I get that. Great player. But he, all he did was pass the ball to the to them and hit in the corner. That's not going to help him. It's not going to make him attractive to another team. And if it was me, and I don't know what Iles' agent did, I would have tried everything I could to go to the Detroit Pistons because I think that would have been a good fit for him from what they're trying to build. I will probably, like Matt mentioned, you know, or Mike, I forget, I'm sorry, he may end up getting traded again. And I just think it's a bad fit. I mean, from a bull standpoint, the way they go about things and the way they manage things is different from what the Bulls did in the early 1900s. It's a different day and age. But just disappointed because I don't think if they would have let him play and, you know, and let him be who he was and not have to be a robot, I think people would have saw it. I think Chicago. You know, and I think Billy Donovan can see what type of player he is. But as and I would t anybody can tell me differently, and either one of you too, and I'll listen to it. I think the NBA is based on contracts. You make a lot of money, you're going to play. 
regardless of how good you are, because there's guys that are free agents and guys that are better players, but if you get that contract, they're going to play you. And I think I got his, but I'm just not a fan of what's, what could happen to him long term. Just That's my opinion, and I'd love to hear what you guys think on it. Granted, he's making money, but I just don't think it's a good fit for him. Yeah, I think the marketability of that contract was the exact same thing that I felt. You know, when you get down to trade packages and stuff like that, it's amazing, but, you know, finding $7 million to balance out a, a bigger contract is a bit, is a really big deal. And with this preponderance of contracts that they have, it makes me wonder, you know, are they, are, you know, could you package, you know, uh, a, a, you know, Zach Levine and, and a smaller contract for someone I have not looked at you know, uh, what they need to do to get, you know, Dame Lillard. But there are things that they can do, you know, with, with multiple players like this, um, making about $7 million a year. I mean, it's to the point in this league where if you've got a guy making $20 million a year, it's kind of like, oh, that guy's a good deal. Um, I, I do think ultimately Io works his butt off in the offseason. We saw that with his progression at Illinois. Uh, you know, it, it's clear that he's got to get that three-point shot down. I mean, that that's really if if he shoots, you know, thirty-five from there, all of a sudden, you know, the those minutes go up exponentially. Um, and and I I I would almost bet that you know when you're listening to this, barring listening to it at two in the morning, you know, there's there's a chance that you know two times a day, you know, Io's probably out working on that um, just based on the way. He works very uh, organized and very methodically in the off season. So I would be shocked if he isn't putting the time in to improve that shot. Um, Matt, any thoughts on on some of the things that Ked brought up in terms of uh, IO and and what you'd like to see, where you'd like to see him? I think. Look, I'll I'll kind of turn what Ked said because I'm a Bulls fan too, but I'll turn what Ked said on on its end. Um, IO's got to get in the gym and improve. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I'm going to sound like Ked when I say this, but if Io wants to stay with the bulls and get, and be a significant, be the ninth player in this, in, in, you know, in that rotation, let's just say, um, he's got to make shots and he's got to make perimeter shots. And he did not do that last year. Um, the three point shot went down. The true percent shooting percentage went down. Um, and they don't think he can be a primary ball handler um, on this team. And and that's why you saw them last year bring in like a Patrick Beverly. They immediately play Alex Caruso more because everything that Io does well at this point, they think I, I Alex Caruso does just as well. And with, you know, more defensive veteran presence. Um, and so that's the difficulty of if you're Io. And then they bring in, like I said, Javon Carter, who is a primary ball handler. And so Io's now on the wing again as a secondary ball handler who is a wing. And if you're a secondary ball handler who's a wing and you're playing the way the Bulls want to play, which is up tempo and they want to go, 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 go. And that's that's part of the reason why the Lonzo ball thing worked two years ago. Um, you got to have guys on the wing that can make shots. Io was not reliable enough to make shots, which is why in the crux of the season last year his minutes started to go down um he is still a primary uh, a, a a he can still provide billy with some things that he can do off the bench which i think is why he's getting this three-year deal um 
and it just kind of makes sense. It helps also from a PR standpoint that Io's from Chicago and went to Morgan Park. And when he gets introduced, it's from Chicago, Io DeSumo. Um, they don't care that he went to Illinois. It, he gets announced as being from Chicago. Uh, and so that's a that's part of the deal. I don't, I, I like what you pointed out, Kags, which is basically like, I think in the last, I read somewhere the last 12 years, the Reinsdorf, um, uh, I'm sorry, the, um, you know, Michael and, and and Jerry Reinsdorf have only paid the luxury tax once. So there's some huge contracts at the top here that I think that they're going to try to um, upload if if this thing doesn't work out and they're in the play-in tournament again this year. Um, the summer's not over yet. Uh, you mentioned Dame Lillard. Like, Io could be part of that package that, like, gets sent to Portland and then picks get sent Chicago's way and Dame Lillard goes to Miami. I've heard that possibility from guys like Jason Goff and Casey Johnson. Um, so this is a very, very tradable contract. Um, but if 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 there are injuries and Alex Caruso has failed to stay healthy and you never know what's going to happen with guys like Javon Carter, what I, what I do see in this rotation with Chicago is that I think they trust him more right now than their uh, most recent first-round pick, which was Jalen Terry who's essentially been a two-way guy coming out of Arizona. I imagine Jalen Terry is going to be a windy, windy city bull again um, with this contract if they open up the season the, this way right now. So, um, you know, I, I, I think Billy likes to play 10 guys early in the year. I'm just saying that once you get closer and closer to the playoffs, it becomes an eight and nine man rotation, just like any other NBA coach. And so I was going to have to fight to get into that part of the rotation. One thing that Matt mentioned, Mike, real quick, I agree. I when I watched him play, and I hurt himself a lot because in the NBA, even in college, you know, we talk, you know, ourselves, you know, seven foot guys are, be, are able to knock down three pointers. If you can't make shots, and your wing and your guard, I mean, I'm, everybody in the league, that is the one way you can stay on any roster is if you make shots. And Matt, I read Matt's article, and you're right. I think Matt, I think you said it was three point shooting went down to 31 percent or something like that. And that's not good enough in the NBA. It's just not, especially the way they move the basketball. And you know, you got guys out there that are, you know, NBA all stars and who are double triple team. If you can't make shots, you're not going to. That's why Kobe White, I think, will stay with Chicago because he can do that. And Isle does bring a lot of intangibles. I think he's a smart player. I think he's a better than average defensive player. But I think when you look statistically, you know, um, missing layups. When in college, you know, he would get those layups. And I know Coach Underwood, Brad Underwood talked about him learning to go to the rim and finish. And Isle's not a big dunker. That's not his game. I think he's missed a lot of scoring opportunities. And when you do that, it hurts your minutes because those are points that other guys who go up and finish. So, I mean, I know he's going to work at it. I think he will. Um, I Again, I don't know if it's the best situation for him, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I do think, and I'm glad to hear Matt say this, I think a lot of the reasons he got signed to come back was because of who he is and where he's from. Um, that's not the only reason, but I know that had to play a part in it because it, there's no way you let a guy like that go even though most of the people are there from who are Bulls fans are not Morgan Park High School Illinois fans, but it does make a big difference. Yeah, and I I think that uh, you know again with Io, there's some intangibles there, and certainly, you know, from a advertising marketing standpoint, you know, Chicago's very own, 
um, is a, that's a big deal. Um, Chicago sports fans are uh, famously loyal to their homegrown heroes. And when the homegrown heroes, you know, have lived there for prior to their uh, college years, that even helps it a little bit more and playing locally down at uh, Champaign is another one that, that really fits well with that. Um, Matt, any final IO thoughts? Yeah. Again, I, he's going to have to fight for minutes, but I also got, you know, as, as the summer grew on Cags, I got a situation in which I think his representation and IO specifically we're looking for a situation that fits him too. Um, you know, you heard Toronto as a rumor. Um, you didn't hear any fledgling bottom feeder NBA franchises, kind of like Ked mentioned Detroit. I actually think that would be a terrible fit for IO. And, and the reason I feel that way is because they're not going to win. And I, I, I know IO well enough to know that if he's going to be playing out the string of the last like 40 games of the year where they have no chance of any kind of postseason or any kind of, you know, you know, future, um, like immediate future, I think he'd get frustrated. And I, that's not the, that's cause that's just kind of person and the kind of, the kind of basketball player that he is. I wants to be a part of a winning environment. Um, and that's why I think bringing Io to sumo off the bench, if you're Chicago fits, because you're you're trying to get into that play-in tournament at the very least every year, and I I know for a fact that Bulls fans want the Bulls to actually get the heck out of that play-in tournament. Um, last year was incredibly frustrating. Um, so if you want to win and you think you can win right now, and you're trying to do your best to quote unquote quoting Jason Goff like stay in NBA hell, which is the middle and not the top, not the bottom, but the middle, which is what the Bulls usually end up being. I would assume who fits because he's going to help you win. Um, and if you're not interested in winning and you're interested in tanking, I would assume is not for you. And so there wasn't a whole lot of situations where I was going to be able to sign an offer sheet as good as this in a winning situation. So the bulls just decided to bring him back. I think it works out well for everybody and it could work out well for everybody in the future. If I Desumo ends up somewhere else because he got traded because they want to trade Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or even Vooch. So the idea, the idea is that I think in the short term, this works out well for IO and Chicago in the long term, I think it could work out well for Chicago, depending upon where they send IO. Ed, any uh, final IO thoughts before we uh, move on? I'll say what I said at the start. I'm really happy that the guy, the kid, is making some money um, and playing the game that he loves. I think it's a great – he's a great ambassador for the University of Illinois. Again, I think it's it's only going to help recruiting when I talk to recruits, especially guards. I'll kind of mention Isle's name and they kind of you know, remember him. And I know Brad Underwood has used Isle to help out with in the world of recruiting and being from Chicago will help. So, I mean, he's in the league and that's been a knock on Illinois as same as not getting out of the second round of the tournament. Those are all pluses in my, you know, pluses that you can add and, you know, put a feather in your hat to say, hey, this is another accomplishment. And he deserves it. You know, there's a guy that put a lot of time in and that's tons of high school players and college players that put time in the gym. I don't want to just say, hey, he's the only guy in the world that does that because he's not. But he's gotten better. And I know he's been told. I know his father. I know Isle is not crazy enough to know his father, Quam. I can tell you, 
Kyle knows what those numbers are that Matt posted on onlineiguys.com. He's not crazy, and I know he's going to improve on those. He's going to try to improve on those. So hopefully that'll pan out, and he'll get to stay at Chicago Bulls. But I'd like to see him stay in the league as long as he as long as possible. I think the kid deserves it. Yeah, that, that that's a good point. And of course, for those people who watched Fighting Illini over the last few years, you know, four years now, Illinois has the best record in the Big Ten. Haven't had a lot of as much success in the tournament as what they would like. And as you can see, when you look over that period of four years, they have one player who's in the NBA. So one has to look at the talent level, regardless of what your perception was. Um, the the real proof in the pudding is how many of those players end up in the NBA. So you see the coaching staff doing a pretty good job of um, using guys who really aren't NBA players to win a lot of games. Their next step is to uh, recruit some some more guys like Io that can play in the NBA. And in theory, with more players like that, you win more in March. So we will be back uh, in just a minute after this quick commercial break. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year and you get a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. And this is Mike Kegley. We're back with Kedrick Prince and Matt Stevens. Now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the updates on what's going on in practice for the Illini men's basketball team as they are, of course, preparing for a trip to Spain. Hopefully they won't be where the rain is mainly on the plane. But, um, Ked, what are you hearing from practice? How are things going? And, and, and you know, what's some of the scuttlebutt? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I know every year, just like with football, we get excited. You know, the college games already start. Practice ready to start. The game day experience. And, you know, I can tell you, I know Illinois basketball fans are really excited about the season. I'm going to tell you, I'll start right from the top with the guy in charge. From what I've been told, Brad Underwood is a little different this year. He is really, really hands-on this this year, way more so than he's been in the past. You know, he has always talked about, hey, you know, I want my coaches, Jeff Alexander, Chester Frazier, Tim Anderson, those guys, Tyler Underwood, Zach Hamer, hey, I want those guys to get out there so they could be, you know, so they could get jobs. This time, it's a little different. Not that he's not delegating, but he is really in tune with every kid, all the plays. He's more vocal this year in practice, not just in game situations. Um, I think the reason he's that way is because I think he has a little chip on his shoulder. I think, you know, he's heard the rumblings. He's not crazy, you know, what people were thinking and saying. And I can tell you, you know, the players this year, you know, it's different. You know, and we've all heard the Ty Rogers, you know, you know, quote about how the locker room is. That is not just player speak, which the three of us being in the media, we've all heard that these kids really get along. There's no like, I'm not going to call, you know, Marcus Domas and say, hey, I want to hang out with Drayvon Gibbs-Lahorn or Sincere Harris or Terrence Shannon Jr. They just, they're good guys and they really do gel. Now, I personally think, and I'm really curious to hear what you guys are going to think, especially Matt Stevens. I think the one guy 
that I think could make this a very, very good season is Coleman Hawkins. And I'm going to tell you why. I mean, we've seen the ups and downs of Coleman Hawkins. We've seen him be great. We've seen him disappear. All those, those things. But I know the Coleman Hawkins that they've seen since June and July is the best Coleman Hawkins they've seen since he's been there. You know, maybe it's because he's a senior and he's older, but he seems much more comfortable. I know the players share the ball more. Coleman is getting open shots because when he's a really good shooter when he's wide open. And they are making a cautious effort to get shots for him. Um, with the guys being older and veteran players, like I mentioned, Marcus Domas and Justin Harmon, those guys there, and uh, Quincy Gurrier, those are really, really older guys that's been around. I think this team, nationally, they're going to be in the top 25, anywhere from 20 to 25. But on paper, and games aren't one on paper, I think this team can be really good. I know people are going to ask about the point guard spot. If you guys ask, I'm going to have an answer for you. So I just think from what I've been told and from everybody, from different people, this team is different, and I think they're going to surprise some people. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? We'll let you kind of follow up and get your analysis. Well, we'll just start where Ked thinks I'm going to go, which is where everybody wants to go. Like, I don't understand what this team is until I know who's going to be the primary ball handler, point guard, and leader of this team. I I, I, I don't think – I don't have an opinion on – I've said this before. I'll say this again right now. I don't have an opinion on Illinois because I don't know who the point guard is. I have no earthly idea, and – I, I'm not sure if on July 21st they have a legitimate idea of who that person is going to be yet either. And I, that's okay. But like, I, I just, I don't have an opinion on Illinois yet because I don't know if they've solved that problem. Well, I might, I mean, just so you guys know for today, if they play today, July 21st, the starting point guard would be Ty Rogers. Okay. And Everyone said, okay, well, who's going to be the backup? Is it going to be, you know, Moretti? And from what I was told, I don't think so. I think right now, Drayvon gives Lawhorn, everybody thinks it's going to be that automatic backup guy. They're going to put him on the wing. He's going to start, not start in, in you know, in the, in the rotation, but his playing time will be on the wing. And I think right now, Matt, he is going to be the backup guy with Niccolo Moretti you know, being that third option, I believe, at this point. But Drayvon is going to be backing up tight. And another guy that people, I think, forget about for some reason, you know, I don't understand why. I mean, I guess I get it and I understand that he's not a 20-point scorer in Cicero Harris. Since Harris is not a true point guard, Illinois doesn't have a true point guard on their roster. They have guys who can bring the ball on the court and get it into position so guys can score. They don't have a true floor general. Sincere Harris can do the same thing that Ty Rogers could do realistically. But I will tell you this, Drayvon Gibbs-Lawhorn is a much better scorer. I think people are really, really going to be surprised how good this kid really is. I mean, and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I can tell you right now, he did not like reading all the comments about the Illinois needing a point guard. They don't have anybody to bring the ball up to court. They can't get – he took that personal – and anybody who knows anything about Illinois basketball, if you have any contact, you ask any coach or any, any one of those kids, they're going to tell you that kid's going to be special. Now, he's a freshman. I don't know what the future is going to hold as far as him hitting a slump, but 
he's looked really, really good, and I know the older guys really like him, and they've taken him under their wings. Yeah, and I, I do think that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm in the minority, and I know not having a great point guard is is something that you, you want to avoid uh, or not having just a reliable point guard. At the same time, pressure defenses have just become such a, you know, they're really just not there like they used to be. I'd like to think that you could just bring the ball up by committee if you have, you know, fairly competent guards. And, you know, it, it doesn't take long to figure out who the defensive stopper is on the other team. And, you know, whoever's guarded by the defensive stopper doesn't bring the ball up. I've, I mean, that, was, that wasn't the hardest thing to do in, in other levels. And, and I just I, – I think if Illinois is smart – they should be able to do that, but there were a lot of challenges they had last year with kids not really getting involved in the scout. And and if you're not paying attention to the scouting report, it, you, you can't use that information to your benefit. And I do think having some older guys will also help because even if you have younger guys who you know are bringing up the ball now and again, you know the older guys can provide that coaching on the court that is so hard to get. But We'll see, you know, uh, by committee stuff. I do think I value Coleman Hawkins more than many people do. I, I think you take him off last year's team and, and they, they drop down to probably having a losing record. Um, that said, I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy who gets much more than 10, 12 points a game. I, don't, I just don't know that that's in his DNA to be a scorer. Maybe he'll develop that. But I do think he does so much good for the team. One wonders that with a little bit of confidence and they're putting him in a position that he's good at, maybe we'll see a little bit better scoring results. And if he does that, um, he's a pretty formidable player. I, I'm not certain where you land on the Hawkins situation, Matt. This is a, <laughs> I know where he lands. I see He's smiling. Yeah, yeah. And look, this is going to sound like a shot and it's not, it's not a shot at Coleman Hawkins because I think he is really, really talented. And I actually think he can play at the next level. I still feel that way. I would like for Coleman Hawkins to give a good damn for the majority of the 40 minutes that he's on the floor. That's all I care about. I would like for him to not like completely lose his mind in the middle of a basketball game and, and, and like, and not, and, and forget what he's good at um and 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 try to be something that he's not i don't just don't lose your mind like act like the veteran that you are and if that happens um I, you know he can be very very good it's just there are a lot of things that they're going to put on coleman hawkins this year i feel like and i don't know if he's prepared to handle all of that um and and i i i i have my doubts if he proves me wrong, Illinois can be really, really good. If Because I think Coleman can be really, really good. If he puts it all together, he's just not yet put it all together yet. And that's that's the frustrating thing. And we've, we've been through uh, – we've been down this road before. So I'm going to let Coleman Hawkins prove it to everybody that he's ready to take that next step before I sit there and say, you know who's going to take a ne the, the, the next you know step to make Illinois really good? Coleman Hawkins. We've played that game before, and I'm not going to do it again. But, Coleman and, has earned, earned the right to prove everybody wrong now. And I and think that he has the opportunity to do that, and I think he has the talent to do it. 
that's the part of college basketball that I like the best that I think we've also lost is we don't get to see guys develop because, you know, after a year or two, they jump off to somewhere else, you know, one wonders, you know, obviously, um, you know, Podziemski would have been an interesting one to see what he would have done, but he had to have the guarantee for minutes. And without that, he went somewhere else. Um, Maybe he would have been really, really dynamic for Illinois. Maybe he would have found out the Big Ten's tough. You just don't know. Um, we'll see in the NBA how he does there. Uh, um, but at least, thank goodness, he'll probably get at least $10 million walking funds uh, before it's all over at a minimum. But uh, I do think that um, I, I love watching guys develop. I don't know if Coleman Hawkins will be a great player. I think we can probably guarantee 10 and 8 from him, something like that this year. And will he be able to to nudge it up a level? I'm not certain. I thought last year, I'll be real honest with you. I'd be shocked if the coaches said that last year was their best years as a coach. And, and I felt like some of what he was trying to do was a guy who's not necessarily a leader taking a step forward, but not knowing how to lead. And and I will I will always give a, a player credit for a, a, at least looking like they're attempting that. The other thing that I do really hesitate is try to get into anybody's head from a motivational standpoint because it's really hard to know what a player's thinking. I remember his freshman year because Io never lets much emotion come out. And I remember, you know, when he would score 31 game and then six the next, and I'd read people saying like, oh, I just wish he would care more. And it's like, you know, don't don't try to crawl in somebody's head because you, you just kind of got to take them at what they tell you, what you're hearing from the coaches and and, you know, what you're seeing from, you know, results on the court. But like I said, when I watched Hawkins last year, he looked like somebody who was stretching out of his comfort zone and wasn't particularly good at it. And and Ked, I don't know how you feel about it, but I you know, for a kid to step forward and try to be a leader, that's one of the riskiest things that I think a, a, a kid can do. And and these are kids. Um, and, and I was pretty impressed by that, even though it was clear that he, it wasn't a natural thing for him. And, and he probably could have used some coaching and some tips from the coaches, you know, on how to do that a little better. I don't know what you thought, kid. Well, Matt, is a hundred percent right, and I think I know where you were going with this um, about just Coleman being good for a full game, or I don't know the theatrics. I can tell you this: the NBA scouts and GMs did talk to him about that. I can promise you that. Some of the things that I think Matt was talking about, another, another fancy, and even the coaches. I think I've seen them. They just want to see him play a game, not saying thing. You charge, you foul, turn the ball over, turn over, hand to the official, and walk away. They want to see that. That has been brought up to him, and I'm a t I am know it has been, and I know it's been a point of emphasis in practice with him. I don't think it's natural with him. I think he's so competitive to where it's kind of, I don't want to use the word ugly because that's a bad choice of word. It looks ugly to people, but if, you are, if you've ever played sports, you understand what that competitive fire is, and you want to be able to be, hey, I want to, I want to score, I want to win, and I don't want to lose, and you know, um, him being vocal sometimes is good and bad. I mean, I think he's good. He's a good soundbite. I can tell you that um, because he he will either give you the best quote and tell you what he thinks and piss the coaches off, 
and make his teammates happy, and sometimes he won't say anything at all. I don't. I'm not never. I'm never going to say he's going to be the best player. I just think he's the most important piece, and he he's improved. And I don't want to put all the the best, most improved player on the team award to Colin Hawkins because another guy that I can tell you that has improved. And granted, they're short clips, and I we've all know that clips don't mean anything. Dane Dane is going to be really special this year. I honestly believe that the 15 pounds that he's lost looks totally different. Um, just way more aggressive and a guy who was effective to begin with just looks different. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm really curious to see what this team's going to look like. Mike, you said something and I don't want to ramble here. It's nice having a true point guard. I, I said that in an earlier podcast. I'm not going to have some fan call me out and say, well, Kedrick, you said this in March and then now it's July. You said something else. Having a true point guard helps. It really does. But it also helps to have guys that can make shots. You know, and I think that hurt Illinois last year, especially in the tournament and Big Ten play. You know, you have to be able to knock down jump shots. And I think that's going to be the one glaring difference between, you know, uh, Drayvon Gilsbarhorn and, you know, Jay Neffs and Sincere Harris and Sky Clark. You know, this kid can really make shots. So I don't know what the future holds, like I said to you, but I, I don't, I'm not going to say think they're going to win the Big Ten on paper. They, you know, they really could, but those guys really have to step up. You know, like Dane Danger was a guy I could say to you. I mean, Tim Anderson mentioned to us, the guy averaged 10 points and six points a game in his first two year playing basketball. Imagine what he's going to be like another year. And he's technically three years, you know. So I think it's there, and I think Underwood, he can see it, and I think they're close. They've done things different. You know, they've kept things to themselves. They're playing with on a mission this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, as we kind of wrap this episode up, Matt, any final thoughts? And then we'll go over to Ked. Yeah, I think they could be really, really good. I think there's a lot of positive things. I think a lot of people were like, I'm, I'm in the minority on this. I, I think a lot of people kind of hissed at the clips that have been put out that show Underwood talking about how we're going to win when we don't make shots. Um, I think that's that's a staple that has to be Brad Underwood's Illinois basketball. And, and if Illinois figures out a way to do that, I think they're going to win a lot of games. Um, my issue is not who's going to bring the ball up. When I talked about who's going to be a point guard, this goes back to like what Sturdy would talk about all the time about Trent Frazier. Like who's going to get them organized on both ends of the floor and let everybody know this is how we do things here. Um, it doesn't have to be a point guard, but it has to be a floor leader. And, and that was what was missing last year. It was the absence of Trent Frazier last year. I don't know who fills that role this year. And because I don't know who fills that role, I don't have an objective opinion on what Illinois is going to look like right now. Um, I hope that's Ty Rogers, but I don't know how long, I don't know how much of a veteran presence he can be on a team when he hasn't had a huge impact role yet. So he's still just figuring out college basketball too. But I, I have a lot of hope about this team. And I, I hope my hope turns into, you know, a, a a good start and 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 another 21 season for the Illini but I I just I have no earthly idea what they're going to look like right now because I don't know who gets everybody together and who who figures out hey this is how we do things here that was Io and Trent before and and to a certain extent Kofi and this team has been missing that since those guys walked out the door Ed I want to see a good shooting team I want to see what 
this team is put together. They have a bunch of guys that can make shots, catch and shoot, guys that shoot off the dribble. I want to. I don't want to see a year where you watch them play Missouri and you know Missouri goes on a forty to zero run and they can't make an open jump shot or layup. So I want to see the team score. They put together a good roster to do that. I want to see them be able to do it and you know and to be able to get stops. You know, Trent was that guy. I mean. As good as Terrence Shannon is, it's not his role either. I mean, he's just not. He's not a vocal person, and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. And it might be Ty. I I don't know. It could be one of the new guys, which is tough. But I just want to see them make shots. I don't want to see them, you know, go to through games and shooting thirty two percent from the, you know, from three and you know maybe forty percent from the field. You're not going to win games. I want to see them win their share of games. They got. I know they go to Tennessee this year. You know, win on a roll, win some big games, games that you're not supposed to win. Yeah, and and thanks for that, guys. Um, you know, really what you see with this Illini team is this year, and I think Ted and I pretty much agree on this, and I and I will say I was probably the first one to really start whining about this last year. They got to make shots. You know, you, you are what your shooting percentage says you are, and Illinois needs to be able to hit three-point shots at least when they're open or when the defense gives them to you last year, they couldn't. Um, the other thing is, is they need that. They need that leadership like Matt talks about so that people don't lose their mind on the court. You hope with some older players coming in and some of the existing players being a year older, that that's part of their development. We will find out, but folks um, you know, we really appreciate having you here and we, of course, will be back in just a minute and certainly just take a listen to this before we uh, return. Thanks. Make sure you subscribe to the full family of Illini Guys podcasts, starting out with Eye on the Illini. That's where you can listen to myself, Brad, Ked, Matt, and others talk about the recent Illini events that are in the news. Sturdy for 30 is Brad's award-winning podcast where you can hear 20 years of people that he's made contact with to talk about all things Illini and Ked's Recruiting Roundup, where he talks to players, coaches, and parents about what it's like to be recruited. Make sure you subscribe to all of those so you're always in the know. This is Mike Kegley, and I'd like to thank Matt Stevens and Kedrick Prince for stopping by here on a Friday evening. If you got this in time to download while you're in the car on the way home, Hope you enjoyed it. If you're just heading into work on a Monday morning, hopefully this will put a little additional pep in your step. No matter what is going on around you, of course, we have IlliniGuys.com to support your needs for Illini information. And, of course, we like to tell everybody, go Illini.